Powered by Righteous Media. Welcome to Independent Americans. Welcome to episode 172. I'm your host, Paul Rykoff. This is a tragic time in America. Another tragic time in America. And now, more than ever, this is a time to stay vigilant. What they did, what they do, the way they politicize guns and violence led us to this day where, and I don't know what the latest number is, I think we have 14 dead um, parents, loved ones, who their world is spinning, who right now have to think, how am I going to plan a funeral? Who right now have to think, what kind of casket? Who right now have to think, all I did was send them to school. And I have to plan their funeral. And I have to write a eulogy. I have to comfort those who I love, my other children, my spouse, my friends, my neighbors. I have to figure out how to go forward. I'll be honest, Nicole. It took me a good solid 24 hours before my world stopped spinning to the point where I really kind of grasped what was happening. Um, I am simply going to say this to the families there. Uh, you're going to go through pain. It's, it's not right, and it shouldn't be. But I am here for you, and others will be here for you. Um, you will be okay. You will find a path forward. But for the next bunch of days and weeks, you have to get through this, um, this horror, because people failed. I, I, I'm done. They fucking failed our kids again. Okay, I'm done. I've had it. You know, how many more times? How many more times? How many more times? That's our friend and a conscience for America, Fred Gutenberg. His 14-year-old daughter, Jamie, was murdered in the Stoneman Douglas High School shooting on February 14th, 2018. And his son, Jesse, was also a student at the school and ran from the shooting to meet Fred at a nearby store. Fred Gutenberg is again a conscience for America, a hero, a helper. But he shouldn't have to keep doing this. It's just not fair to our children, to our fellow citizens, to him. He just has to keep doing it. Fred joined us back in episode 99 for one of our most powerful pods ever. That was in August 2020, and he's been doing this ever since. Fred is angry, and we should all be angry. Because if you're not angry, you're not paying attention. But being angry isn't enough. Thoughts and prayers aren't enough. We have to be like Fred and turn that righteous anger into positive impact. This week, 
In an address to the nation, President Biden was focused, measured, empathetic, righteous, and strong. After all the tragedy he's experienced himself this week was a moment that Joe Biden was built for. We need Joe Biden to be at his best now more than any other time in his presidency. And I'll give it to him. That was the best speech of Biden's presidency so far. And now it comes with another one of his biggest tests. He's got to immediately implement whatever kind of executive actions on gun violence are possible. He needs an AUMF-type power to address this threat because mass shootings are and continue to be our single greatest national security threat. I've laid it out in this show so many times before and in the last episode specifically. Mass shootings by radicals with assault rifles are killing more Americans than anything else except COVID and cancer. This is a national security issue, and it's time to start treating it like one. This is only happening in America, and we need to finally start to treat this threat with the same focus we do any other national security threat. Imagine if we spent billions on this instead of more nukes. It's beyond overdue. Because Ukraine is sending America condolences. That's where we are today. That's how bad it is. Ukraine's President Zelensky is sending the U.S. condolences from his bunker as he evades assassination and his people are being slaughtered by a despot focused on genocide. His people are being shot, shelled, raped, imprisoned, killed. And he's sending us condolences because things are so fucked up here. Last week, it was Buffalo. Now, it's Texas. Next week, it'll likely be somewhere else in America because this is our nightmare normal now. And Putin, Putin loves it. Our enemies are celebrating. Just when you think stakes can't get any higher in America, they get higher. Mike Perry is a former American Special Forces soldier, and he tweeted something this week that got my attention and I wanted to share. It was simple. He wrote, the human condition is one of self-destruction. I weep for the future. They'll be too busy to grieve. The hits keep on coming so quick and so hard. We are too busy to grieve. From Sandy Hook to the pandemic, to George Floyd, to Afghanistan, to Mariupol, to Bucha, to Buffalo, to Robb Elementary School in Texas. And in case you forgot, Monday is Memorial Day. Easy is over. So over. The destruction is constant. The pain is constant. The sorrow is constant. So how do we process this moment in America? How do we deal with our tremendous grief? How do you find meaning after unimaginable loss? Well, our guest is the perfect person to talk to right now. She will help us through this moment because she's been helping people face the unfathomable for decades. 
She's a helper, a saint, an angel, a rock. She's my mentor, my friend, my longtime partner in the fight, and my hero. She's the great, truly great, Bonnie Carroll. Bonnie Carroll is back, and she'll help us right now. This is a conversation that's good for us all. Bonnie's been there in the darkest moments for a generation of family members of the fallen. And not just folks killed in action, but folks lost to cancer, lost to accidents, lost to suicide, lost unexpectedly, traumatically, tragically. Bonnie Carroll has guided countless people through awful journeys. Grief can be an unbearable burden. And Bonnie and the amazing team of volunteers she works with at TAPS, Tragedy Assistance Program for Survivors, help the survivors learn how to carry that weight. Bonnie is a true helper. And as we head into another Memorial Day weekend with heavy hearts, we could all use some help. Bonnie joined us on this show two years ago for Memorial Day in episode 60 in 2020. And since then, she's been only doing more of what she does in the U.S. and in Afghanistan and in Ukraine. As the war in Ukraine rages on, TAPS is there. Bonnie is there, helping the Ukrainians deal with the grief, helping them navigate their pain. And she's going to take time out of her busiest week of the year to join us for a very special conversation to help us as we all struggle to process the seemingly endless cycle of senseless violence that occurs over and over again in America, and especially in the last few weeks. For the last few years, this show has highlighted the ways our political system is broken. We've explored how partisan primaries push us further apart, how elections are designed to make independence fail, to convince people that the choices we face are binary, us versus them, red versus blue, good versus bad. And most importantly, we've explored how the system is designed to divide. And over these years, our political system has continued to devolve, failure after failure by both parties on almost every single issue but especially on the issue of gun violence, especially on the issue of school shootings. And in poll after poll, the truth is obvious. Politicians aren't representing the will of the people on either side of the aisle. From gun control to women's reproductive rights to education, nothing our broken system touches survives. And now, more than ever, this is a time for real change. Now, more than ever, this is a time for solutions. And now more than ever, this is a time for independent thinking and independent Americans. I want to send a special thank you to all of our independent American Patreon members. You continue to power this show. You stand by us and you are a part of the solution. If you're not already a member, please stand with us and join that community. More info is at Patreon or at independentamericans.us. But now, is a time for Americans to be independent, to break the party lock, to step up, to find solutions, to bridge the divide, to build a path to the future. Now 
is a time for helpers. Now is a time for Bonnie. Now is a time for me. Now is a time for you. Our country's flags are at half-staff again, all across this country, because 19 children and two teachers were killed in a massacre. Not by a bomb, not by a missile, not by a suicide vest, but by an angry young man with a high-powered rifle, body armor, and tons of ammunition acquired legally. Our country's flags are at half-staff again because our children have been murdered. This is our new nightmare normal. Welcome to Memorial Day 2022 in a time where it feels like every week there's a Memorial Day. Our country's flags are at half-staff again, but the flags will rise again, and we will get through this somehow, together, one day at a time, starting with today, starting with me, starting with Bonnie, starting with you. We will get through this together. Welcome to Independent Americans, episode 172. Independent Americans around the country and around the world. This is a very, very hard time. A hard time in America, a hard time in the world. In the world. And uh, the guest we have joining us in this episode is literally the perfect person to talk to right now. I was trying to figure out who to talk to about everything, and especially about this massacre in Texas. And like the stars were in alignment. And I had this guest scheduled because Memorial Day is coming up this weekend. And I am absolutely positive it is the perfect person to help us all through this moment. A mentor of mine, a hero of mine, a friend, the great and powerful Bonnie Carroll returns back to independent Americans. Welcome back, Bonnie. Oh, Paul, and back at you. You have been such a support to me over all of these years. And I appreciate you being a battle buddy on the journey. It's been some journey, Bonnie. <laughs> it's been... It just keeps getting interestinger and interestinger. Last time you were on was May 20th, uh, 2022, 2020. The pandemic had just started. Uh, we were going into the first Memorial Day of the pandemic. Um, I want to talk about Memorial Day coming up. I want to talk about Ukraine. I want to talk about grief and, and how we can get through this moment. Um, but I do always want to start with the person I'm talking to. Where are you? today and how are you? Well, I'm great. I'm in Washington, D.C. Actually, this is our 28th annual National Military Survivors Seminar and Good Grief Camp. TAPS is the program for the families of America's fallen heroes. And now for the past nearly 30 years, we have been bringing families together 
to find hope and healing and resources and support and participate in everything that's happening in our nation's capital over this Memorial Day weekend. So I, I think about you often, um, and I, it may seem strange to folks, but I feel like being with TAPS this weekend and having been around the good grief camps and seeing what you're doing with these kids might be like the perfect place to be right now, right? Because we're all trying to sort through what this latest horrible massacre means. Um, and today, I mentioned to you when we were getting ready, I'm going to go to my kid's school for their concert. They're like their end of the year concert. My big guys in first grade, my little guys in preschool. It's going to be really, really emotional. But being with the kids is going to feel like the right place to be. Um, and you've been doing this you know, year after year, all the way back since when you started TAPS and, and your husband died. Can you, can you start with this moment, Bonnie? Like, pull us back. For those of us that are trying to make sense of this moment, we're 24 hours, not even 24 hour, hours out. Um, help us through it. What, what are you thinking? What are you feeling? What wisdom do you have for all of us? Um, dealing with this grief and this sorrow and this trauma and this anger and everything else that goes with it. And Paul, it is absolutely horrific. But what makes it so personal is we can all relate. We have kids in schools. We can feel what it must be like to get that call that that your child has been injured or killed. It is just striking to the heart of America and to our most precious, innocent children. It's unconscionable that this has occurred. It's it's impossible to understand or put into any sort of context that uh, makes it acceptable. It, is it mental illness? Is it a gun rights issue? And what can we do? It seems almost impossible to, to make it stop. And uh, it also has become now political, which makes it even more challenging and more complicated. But for our families, you know, TAPS is there for the families who have experienced a devastating loss of a loved one in the military. A lot of people think death in the military only comes in combat because that's what's seen on the news. But Paul, as you know, as a combat veteran and what I know as a military veteran, as an army surviving spouse, you know, death comes in many ways to our men and women in uniform. War is different today. It, uh, you know, if you were shot on the battlefield in World War One or World War II, you died in the foxhole. If you were shot in the jungles of Vietnam, chances are you did not survive. But today, our men and women who were deployed in the war in Iraq and Afghanistan, if they were injured on the battlefield, they may have been cared for immediately by a corpsman or a medic that's carrying an ICU on their back, and they may have gotten out. So for families, the death of the loved one may have taken place back home in America, you know, after lengthy illnesses, battles with injuries, or even a suicide as a result of post-traumatic stress. But that's our military family. You know, we've been able to take what we've learned about grief and trauma and relate it to the civilian community. I've been called on a lot this morning and last night to talk about traumatic loss and how impossible it is to just put it into a context of our own life. And, and how we can somehow find safety and security. How do we feel we can keep our own kids safe now? And as you go to the school this morning, that's going to be top of your mind. Bonnie, you've been there more times than I can count. I've texted you in the middle of the night. I've called you and said, okay, we've got a family that needs you. 
Um, I called you a couple of weeks ago when Brent Renaud was killed um, in Ukraine. You know, the, one, the first high profile journalist. I, I connected you with his family and you've been infinitely helpful to them. And there are times when when people are really in so much deep pain. And what I say to them is Bonnie will understand. Bonnie will know what to do. I don't know what to do. I haven't been there. But Bonnie is like a Jedi of, of grief and trauma and sorrow. You know, we call you St. Bonnie. When you oh walk around the Pentagon, you are so revered. When you walk around other communities, you are so, but with good reason, because you're always there. You know, Joe Biden tried to talk about this last night, and I think he did it very effectively from a personal standpoint as someone who has lost a child. What do you say to somebody, Bonnie, when you talk to them today? If you talk to one of these families that's just lost their child, you've been there. You know, it was the phone call that you got yourself. But what do you say to them? You know, Paul, you are very, you're very kind. And I, I, I just want to say how much I've learned from you over the years and that we do this together. We are a community. We come together to help each other, to elevate the voice, to bring supportive resources. You know, when my husband was killed, it is absolutely impossible to comprehend at that moment what has occurred. What we can do for families immediately is to provide the support, make it as easy as possible to get through this period, to honor the life lived and remember, but recognize that this is a journey for the rest of their lives. You know, talking to Brent Renault's mom, we, we talked about Brent. We remembered the life lived and just talked about how that legacy continues. You know, Paul, it's an interesting thing that we only grieve because we love. Grief is intrinsically tied to the love we have for someone we have lost. And therefore, that love, we don't stop loving that person. That love transcends the loss of the physical person. And it taps. It's a big part of what we do. We shift the pain of the grief to the love of the person. And how are we going to carry that forward? How will we become the living legacies? How will we be better people? Because they lived. And whether that was a, a young school child who was senselessly gunned down or a soldier serving in our military who their life ended far too soon, or whether it's an elderly person, you know, we make them part of who we are. We, we weave who they were into the fabric of who we will become. And we have to be better because they lived. You, you've taught me you know, to mourn their passing and celebrate their life. And that's a really hard thing to understand when you're in that painful moment. And I, you know, the loss of a child or a loved one, especially in a traumatic incident, is not something I think you can understand unless you've been through it. I've said this before. I think there are some things that you only understand if you've been through it. And I think that's one of them. Combat is, is, is another one. I think parenthood is another one. I think the pandemic is another one. Like, how do you ever capture all of it, right? Unless you've been through it, but you do approach it with love and you give people community. And in that darkest moment, there's something else that I, when I try to get them to talk to you, which is sometimes hard, I, I sometimes appeal to the future and say, you don't know it. You're in this moment. You don't know what you need to do. You don't know the, even the administrative stuff like burials, right? And resources that you are masters of and your team are masters of. But there will be a time on the other side where there's going to be a family that needs you. 
And I've seen that cycle happen so many times when they make it through this time when it, their heads are spinning. And you see it with somebody like Fred Gutenberg, right, who's been a guest on the show. You know, he lost his daughter, Jamie, and he's everywhere in the media this week. He's now helping other families. He's helping the families in Texas now because of what he experienced. But that journey that you take them through is, is really, I think, important. Do you find how do you? You, nobody else could do it but you, right? Or someone like well, you, because you've lost your, your husband, you know, you make that connection and they trust you. But can you, can you talk about that first 24, 48, 72 hours? You know, Biden said, it feels like the whole world is spinning. Um, what, what, do you, what do you see in that moment that we need to understand as someone who maybe hasn't been through it? Oh, Paul, and you know what? I, I just want to go back to something that you said that is so important. It is that what we call peer-based emotional support. It's because we have been through that. You know, ironically, before my husband was killed while serving in the army, and along with seven other soldiers in an army plane crash, you know, I thought I was a pretty empathetic person. I was involved in my civilian job at the time, working with victims of violent crime, and I was on the board of an organization for survivors of homicide loss and worked with another group for families of fallen police officers. Even, I was even trained by the military to be a critical incident stress debriefer in the event of a mass trauma. And it worked in the community on that. It wasn't until Tom was killed and it happened to me in my life that I really understood just how absolutely devastating and all encompassing that personal loss is. And, you know, it's it's interesting when I talk to families at first, they they don't know who we are as an organization or what support we're bringing. And it's a little bit of a formal conversation. And somehow in that conversation, if I just weave in, well, when my husband was killed and just like that, the conversation shifts and it's all about now, oh my God, how did you survive? How did you cope? It's creating that safe space that you know from the heart. Paul, grief is not a mental illness. It isn't a physical injury. It isn't something that we can have really a clinical intervention or or a medication that's going to make it go away. Grief is a broken heart. And the only people who can understand that and come alongside and create, as I said, that safe space to just find a way forward, to know that you're not alone and that others have survived this horrific moment in time is the only thing that will help. It, it really is so powerful. That's what you know. TAPS is based upon. And Last, last year, we had 9,246 newly bereaved military survivors who came to us for care. They were paired one-on-one -on -one with a peer mentor. And that's a person who, was, who has been there before them with a similar loss. And for the kids at the Good Grief Camp, we bring alongside military mentors who we train, you know, who kind of become kids themselves once again and can be a support. So you're absolutely right being with someone who gets it and who can create that safe space to normalize and validate a absolutely incomprehensible circumstance is critical. Bonnie, this is, um, you've done so much for so long. You've been awarded the Presidential Medal of Freedom. You've been recognized around the world. And, you know, I, I would love there to be a, a time and a place where you get to retire and go to Alaska and chill out, right? Or maybe run for governor or Senate, if I were, if I, if I could, so, right? But, uh, but um, I think, unfortunately, this is our new normal. 
And grief is now so all-encompassing. I saw a tweet today that said there's going to be so much trauma, they're not even going to have time to grieve in the future, right? We've got a pandemic. We've had 20 years of war. Now we've got Ukraine and the entire you know, European continent is experiencing trauma and grief. Um, I, you know, you're, we're going to need you. Right. And I said I said in, in some tweets that Biden is kind of built for this moment, all of that trauma and personal loss and losing his children, especially his daughter, you know, when she was so young, is, is going to be additive and steal him for this moment. But now when, when I texted you a couple of weeks ago, you're in Europe. Um, you've been all around the world. As soon as Ukraine happens, of course, Bonnie is rushing in to help the people of Ukraine and the surrounding region. So we've covered that at length on this show. We're in a weird place now where Ukraine is sending condolences to America today. Yeah. Zelensky yeah. is tweeting to us his sorrow and his, which is just bizarro world. But can you, can you explain what you've been doing and what your team has been doing on the ground in Ukraine and throughout the region? Well, Paul, back in 2015, the U.S. State Department came to TAPS and asked us to mentor the creation of an organization for the surviving families who had lost loved ones in Crimea and Donbass. So my first trip to Ukraine to meet the surviving families was back in 2016. I mean, we've been with them for seven years now. Uh, amazing people. We have a beautiful partnership. We built a program. Well, they, they built it with our support that uh, absolutely became one of the biggest organizations in the country. TAPS Ukraine is very well known there and respected. It's headquartered in Dnipro, which is in eastern Ukraine, just two hours from the front lines. And the surviving family members, I, Elena Shokyev is a, is a widow who lost her husband in 2014. She became a military psychologist. She works with the troops on trauma counseling, and she is right there every day now as a survivor, but also as a clinician helping folks. We've got a major operation now going where our TAPS Ukraine volunteers are comforting children. They're providing meals. They're doing whatever it takes. They're actually also managing the morgue, and they just have uh, incredible strength and courage. But I've been um, I've been to Nipro and Kiev probably gosh a dozen times over the years. We've done training and conferences. They've been here to see what we do uh, five or six times, and it really has become a very very close family. So we've been preparing for this for seven years, and uh, and they're ready. When, you, you, when you're given your expertise, um, you know, if if you were, I mean, not to at all dismiss it, but if you were a weather, you know, predictor, you know, meteorologist, I'd ask you like, how big is this earthquake compared to historic earthquakes, right? How big is this tsunami versus others? The scope of grief and trauma that we're seeing in Ukraine, have you seen anything like this in your lifetime? And how do you how do you how do you put it in metrics versus what we've seen in you know in the last couple of decades? I mean, this is I. This is really on the scale, I, I feel, of the Holocaust. It is, it is a genocide. It was just the completely unnecessary elimination of such a good people. I had the opportunity in early May to be in Israel for Remembrance Day. And, and that, was, that was the feeling and the tension that, you know, here we're witnessing this again. 
everything we know of the Holocaust was, well, we didn't know, we weren't aware, but now we have social media, we have videos, we have drone footage, we do know. And, and it's, it is overwhelming to even try to comprehend the magnitude of the losses, not only on the Ukrainian side, but also watching it on what's happening to, uh, to the Russians mm-hmm. who, you know, were sent in to do this barbaric act. It, it, it's absolutely devastating. What we've been able to do is help the Ukrainian people as best we can from afar and with our team on the ground, just keep that steady state, keep those positive things happening and, and emphasize the, I don't know if you saw Eurovision when yeah. Ukraine won. I mean, that was such just this moment of release of joy in the midst of horrific trauma was, was for a moment just healing and hopeful. So that's what we can do. We raised the money for two ambulances. And uh, yesterday they had the press conference about these two ambulances that have arrived in Nipro and that it's going to save lives, that it's Mm. going to bring hope that America stands with Ukraine, just as we're standing with the families in Texas. And just as we do, that is what we do best. It is. Yeah, please. And you're, you're, you know, I I thought, I think I visited one of your, um, one of one of one of your facilities in Texas at some point. I don't know if it was at Fort Hood or somewhere else, but San Antonio is obviously a really critical part to the military and to the military medical um, community. But you're 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 at every epicenter. You're in Ukraine. You're in Texas. You've been in Afghanistan and supporting widows and survivors there. And now we've got Memorial Day 2022, which, um, frankly, I don't know how to process. Right. I, I know I know in my heart that people are going to care about Memorial Day. Uh, a lot of the folks that you're supporting uh, have lost people to burn pits, to suicide, to so much else that is going to be wrapped into Memorial Day. But I also know the country might be a little desensitized to it. And because it's been politicized, especially in, in my view, in the last administration, stuff around the military isn't as embraced as it once was. I, I worry a little bit that we have kind of grief fatigue. And that soldiers, you're going to put, a, you know, an 82nd Airborne tough guy or gal soldier versus a, a fourth grader. And you're going to say, yeah, I care about that, that soldier, but this fourth grader. I mean, how are we going to process this Memorial Day? How can we, I know our community, we're going to want to use this Memorial Day to shine our light and spread our, our, our love and resources around the community. But every Memorial Day is different. Can, can you frame up this one in 2022 and what you think it means for our community and what it means for the country? Well, it is the nation's opportunity to pause and remember all those who have served and sacrificed for freedom and died in defense of the democracy. I don't know if you saw Malcolm Nance's interview on MSNBC, one of his many, where they asked him, are you willing to die for the cause in Ukraine? Because he is there now as part of the Legion after retiring from the Navy. And I loved his answer. He immediately shot back. He said, I was willing, I committed to die for democracy the day I enlisted in the United States military. And that was an interesting shift. You know, our men and women in uniform step forward to serve and they do make that commitment to die for democracy. And that's what we honor on Memorial Day, that there are men and women who will serve in defense of freedom. We're seeing how fragile that freedom is in Ukraine now, that one person, one foreign leader had the ability now to inflict so much pain on another country. And uh, I'm hopeful that on Memorial Day, that's what we take away, that we honor our men and women who serve and 
you know, Paul, it is uh, it is a very complicated time because our nation is also grieving tremendous loss. And it's not just the loss of those children, but what that means is the loss of our own sense of security and safety, what it means for children to go to school and know that they can come home every day and uh, that we don't have to worry about, they don't have to have active shooter drills in schools. So that is yet another a loss. Mm-hmm. It's another thing that's been taken away from us. So as a nation, we need to raise the awareness of how to cope with that. Mm-hmm. How do we normalize and validate the feelings that we're having and know that they are normal reactions to a very abnormal event? Mm-hmm. We've got to address that. We've got to understand it. And we've got to have the tools to cope with it so that we can go on and not have that sense of safety and security robbed from us by an 18-year-old with an agenda. Mm. I think there's so much wisdom in that, Bonnie. And the the one thing that I keep coming back to is, you know, the old saying that that, um, medicine is the only victor in war. And, And you have learned so much and your team has learned so much in dealing with 20 years plus of mental health, of trauma, of, of, of all of it, burn pits, suicide, cancer, you know, broken families, all of it. Like you all have been doing this. When, you, when I started IABA back in 2004 and we had Memorial Day, we used to say, okay, Memorial Day is when everybody goes to the mall or to the beach and we go to Arlington. Um, it was hard to communicate and bridge that gap with a country that you felt like hadn't experienced grief. Now yeah. that's changed, especially with the pandemic. You know, especially with the massacres and the school shootings, the feeling of fear and instability. I think people are more connected to loss now than they were before. And there's a powerful insight here in that we can learn so much from TAPS. You have been the tip of the spear. If Elon Musk is listening, I hope he will send billions to you instead of trying to buy Twitter. All the billionaires out there. I really mean it. Like if Bonnie Carroll had endless money. This would be a very different world, not just from an emotional standpoint, but from a tactical standpoint, a practical standpoint. You have process in place to help people at scale who are experiencing yeah. grief. And I, and I think that that's really important. You're also really good at getting stuff done, Bonnie. Like, you know, many times over the years we had veterans legislation and we needed someone to kind of pull people through it. And you are able to talk to both sides. You worked in the White House and the Reagan administration um, I know you, you're very um, artful and careful in, in how you engage politically, but this is a time where we're looking to Washington. We're looking them to do something, right? And and burn pits legislation is also in the wing, something you and I and others have been working for for a generation. Um, can you talk about, is there a way forward? Like, I feel like if we put Bonnie Carroll in the room with Mitch oh. McConnell and, and Chuck Schumer, you know, something will get done and you're very independent. You're, you know, you're an independent American, in my view, in all the greatest ways. Can you talk about any any path forward you see politically in the middle of all this mess? Well, I really am. Thank you for that, Paul. And I really am encouraged by, uh, you know, President Biden has become a personal friend because of the losses that, that he has felt and his engagement with TAPS when he was vice president. So we do have a regular dialogue about this. As we're talking about what Secretary McDonough can do to open up the presumptions on the burn pits to help, you know, families to raise the level of awareness about the cancers. We've got a rally in Washington, D.C. on Saturday afternoon with your buddy, John Stewart, who's going to be there. And, and again, just bringing this to the forefront and constantly changing what we can control for the better. We can't go back and 
take away the exposures that have occurred for our military from those toxins while deployed or some of the other things, but we can address the trauma that our, our veterans and our service members are experiencing and feeling now that is resulting in suicides. We can help our surviving families have access to benefits with you know, a service connection for illness loss, and we can help America cope with the trauma and grief that they are experiencing. We know how to do this. We know how to get through this. And you're absolutely right. We just need those avenues to make the connections to get get to folks. Well, and we also, you're so diplomatic. We need leaders that people actually trust. And there are very few that I know, having worked in Washington for almost 20 years, who can get people together in a way that disarms them politically, right? I mean, you've had great relationships with Republicans and Democrats, you know, all sides, you know, you, I, I wish we could literally have you as like the mediator on all things in Washington. Like we don't seem to be able to get anything done for this gun problem and this mass shooting problem. I feel like if Bonnie Carroll went into the room with Chuck Schumer and McConnell, maybe you can bonk their heads together or use your Jedi magic and get them to, to work together. Um, but, and I hope you'll stick around for a couple of Patreon questions at the end. I know your time is really valuable, especially this week. Let me, let me ask you kind of a, a final question, Bonnie. Um, how do you do it? How do, I have asked you this before because you're my friend and, and sometimes I look to you for support, but I'm getting a lot of texts from leaders who are tired, um, who, who feel you know, worn out. I think the country feels that way. Um, even in this conversation, you're great at raising up hope. And, and adding, you know, a future vision and, and talking about path forward. But how do you do it? How do you how do you live in this world of grief and pain and loss day after day and keep going? Oh, you know, and Paul, unlike you, there, are, you know, I always say there are people that uh, run towards the fire and they become firemen. You know, there are people that run towards the sound of the bullets. And and that's just the way we're wired. I was honored to serve in the military was honored to be married to a to a great soldier and now honored to carry forward the you know his legacy and be there for the surviving families who are experiencing trauma but i do think it feeds our souls when we can provide support to another you know because we have the tools to be helpful and we're not going into a situation helpless and just saying oh gee i'm really sorry this has happened to you too bad but we can go into a situation and say, we have resources and support. We have a community that's going to be wrapped around you. We have the resources that can meet your emergency financial needs right now. We can do something proactive. So we're going into a situation as peers, but with the tools and resources to offer support. And that makes a big difference. You know, when the fireman runs towards the fire, he's got the hose in the water. He's got something he can do to proactively make the situation better. And, and that's what really gives us the strength who are coming into that. You know, when I was in, uh, in Warsaw about two weeks ago, just happened upon a makeshift memorial of, of just printed out pictures of those who had died in Ukraine. And one of those was Brent Renault. And he was just as I took a selfie, he was right over my shoulder and I sent it to his mom. And I said, he's right here. He is remembered. His name is spoken. His picture is seen. And there was a Ukrainian woman, a refugee who was passing through. She stopped and we just hugged and sobbed together over the magnitude of the losses. And she was on her way to England. When she got to London, she made her new host call me to let me know in English 
that she had arrived safely. And it was just this beautiful community of honoring Brent, of, of finding safety and security, of making a difference where we can in the world. And that's what makes you a better person and what you're doing here to give a voice to all of us and what I hope I'm able to do for our families. Oh, boy, do you do it. I mean, we always say look for the helpers on this show. You are the embodiment of what that means. And you give people agency. You give them, you know, a, a feeling that they can make a difference. And there's also another thing that you do, which is like you kind of create a version of the world and how it could be and should be. Like if, 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 if folks want something on their bucket list, go to Arlington at some point and go be with TAPS and be with veterans on Memorial Day weekend. And if you can, you know, be around the good grief camps because folks think it's going to be just all crying and sad. They think it's all oh, it's so sad. I can't handle it. Like it's the most empowering, inspiring, like it fills your cup up and you see so many people that are making a difference and paying it forward and smiling and laughing. And the kids like this, this world where the kids are celebrated and the future is celebrated and legacies are celebrated. It's a lot, in my view, of, of how America should be. So a Bonnie for president. I think Bonnie should run for president and you would get a lot of independent support. But until then, I just want to thank you for all that you do. You are a true hero and a role model to all of us and, and to me and so many others. We love you. We adore you. And everyone listening should do everything they can to support Bonnie and, and everything they do at TAPS. Thank you, Paul. It's an honor to be with you. And I hope you get some rest and then you can go up to Alaska <laughs> and maybe run against Sarah Palin. But that's for another time. That's for another time. <laughs> Thank you for all you do. Stay vigilant, Bonnie. Thank you. Bonnie Carroll is a true American hero, and she's out there right now. Right now, she's on the phone with families. Right now, she's organizing. Right now, she's preparing for Memorial Day. And if you're feeling paralyzed, if you're feeling angry, if you're feeling inspired, have her back. Support her organization. Go to TAPS.org. That's T-A-P-S dot org. Tragedy Assistance Program for Survivors. They're leading the world in dealing with grief, in dealing with trauma, and finding a way forward. Bonnie's a helper. Maybe more than any other person we've had on this show. She's the definition of a helper. Always look for the helpers. There will always be helpers, you know, even just on the sidelines, because if you look for the helpers, you'll know that there's hope. The helpers are out there. In the most grim, dark, terrible moments, helpers step up to make it better, to make it less bad, to save lives. Irma Garcia was a teacher at Robb Elementary. She was a wife and a mother to four children. She was sweet, kind, loving, fun, with the greatest personality. She was a fourth grade teacher that was a victim in the Texas school shooting in Uvalde, Texas. Irma's nephew, John Martinez, told the Washington Post that officials informed the family that she helped shield students from the gunfire. He said, I wanted her to be remembered as someone who sacrificed her life and put her life on the line for her kids. They weren't just her students. They were her kids. And she put her life on the line. And she lost her life to protect them. That's the type of person Irma Garcia was. 
Irma Garcia was a helper. She stepped up and she saved lives. So did brave little Amory Joe Garza. Amory Joe had just turned 10 years old two weeks ago. Her family gave her a phone, which she'd been asking for. And she was trying to use that phone to call police during the shooting. Her father shared her story on CNN in an emotional video that's gone viral. And he said, I just want people to know that she died trying to save her classmates. She just wanted to save everyone. She didn't save everyone, but she saved some of them. Amory Joe Garza was a true hero. Amory Joe was a helper at just 10 years old. And there will be other helpers that we learn about from the shooting. Others whose names we'll learn about in the days to come. Names we'll mourn and lives we'll celebrate. So learn their stories and share them. And check the hashtag, look for the helpers on Twitter and share yours. Not just related to this shooting, but anywhere you see helpers. Let's raise them up. Let's celebrate them. And let's inspire others with their example. When you're on social, if you've got other resources in your area, please tag them with Look for the Helpers. And you can play Guest to Guest every Wednesday night, too. You can guess who our inspiring, important guests will be. And go to independentamericans.us, where you can see video from my conversation with Bonnie and all of our episodes. You can also go back and see my conversation with her from two years ago in episode 60. We've also got Memorial Day episodes for every year we've done this show. And you can hear or watch all our recent episodes on Ukraine. We're going to keep the coverage on Ukraine and show the intersections like Bonnie's work there now. And you can support this work and this show by going to our Patreon community and becoming a member. Shout out to our newest Patreon members, Michael DeStefano Jr. and Dr. Paul Hazer, a guest from episode 53, our amazing heroic helper, Surgeon Paul Hazer, is now a Patreon member. So join Michael, join Dr. Paul, and join our Patreon community. Help us keep this going and help keep spreading the word. We'll continue to raise up the helpers and we'll continue to bring you the Righteous Media Five Eyes in all our podcasts and everything we do. Independence, integrity, information, inspiration, and impact. It's powered by the tenacious Righteous Media team that keeps pushing no matter how hard things get. Creative Chris Rosenthal, brilliant Bill Schultz, and precise Paula Hernandez. And the most critical trio of all, my amazing wife Lori and our two little boys. Today... The day after the shooting, we all got up and took our kids to school. Lori did it and drove our kids to school. And every one of us tried to figure out how to navigate this day. And we just did what we always do. We got our kids up, we loved them, and we sent them out into the world. And I just want to send love to all the parents that are doing what we do every morning. And to all the teachers and the school staff leaders, too, we're all in this together, especially right now. And there's still moments worth celebrating. If you're in a school, if you're out of school, you see them every single day. My son lost his first tooth last week, and that was worth celebrating. I don't think I've ever seen him so happy. There's lots worth celebrating, and we can focus on that, and we can continue to look for the helpers. They're out there, and you can be one of them in ways big or small. 
America is still more divided than ever before, but we at Independent Americans and Righteous Media are working to change that. We want to add light to contrast the heat, and you can help us do it. If you're among the 42% of Americans who are independent, this is your show. If you're a Republican or a Democrat, but you're not a diehard partisan, this is your show. If you're a concerned American who cares about the future of your country and wants to hear inspiring stories, who wants to share solutions, this is your show. All are welcome here, and we invite you to join us and be a part of the solution. And check out all our other Righteous Media podcasts. Check out The Firefighters with Rob Sarah. Rob's got a brand new episode that you definitely need to check out. And B-Dorm. Jericho Turner and Don Elevert also have a new episode. You can subscribe to all of them for free wherever you got this pod or at Righteous.us. Help us keep sharing the hope because hope is the oxygen of democracy. And right now, we damn sure need some hope more than ever. 89 cents in the ashtray Half empty bottle of Gatorade Rolling in the floorboard That dirty Braves cap on the dash Dog tags hanging from the rear view Old skull can and cowboy boots And a gold army shirt Folded in the back Monday is Memorial Day in America a day we honor the fallen of all generations. So many helpers. It's also a hard time. It's a day when most of us go to the barbecue or go to the beach, but it's a day when many of us have a heavy heart or go to a cemetery. You never know what somebody's going through. So take care of each other out there. This is a very tough time for lots of people, and simple kindnesses can mean more than you'll ever know. So stay vigilant, my friend, because eternal vigilance is the price of freedom. And know you're not alone in your vigilance. We're all vigilant. We're all in this together, especially now, all across America, especially in Texas right now, but still also in Ukraine and still also in Afghanistan and still also around the world. We're all in this together. We mourn their loss. We celebrate their lives and somehow find a way forward, a way forward that honors their legacy. From Fred Gutenberg to Jamie Gutenberg, from the Azovstal steel plant in Mariupol to all the people in Uvalde, Texas, from Command Sergeant Major Eric Cook to Clay Hunt, from your hometown to Arlington Cemetery. From Irma Garcia to Amory Joe Garza. From Bonnie Carroll to you. I'm your host, Paul Rykoff. Thank you for listening. I hope this episode especially brought you some strength. Down with Putin. Slava Ukraini. And remember the fallen. And stay vigilant, America. Powered by Righteous Media.